Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. And does this smell good? Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is Tuesday, and it is noon. It is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here, as always. Aaron? So the NBA All-Star Weekend has come and gone. So how did it go? Here's ESPN's Stephen A. Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, what transpired last night was an absolute travesty. Nearly 400 points were scored. No defense, no effort whatsoever. This is the ultimate indictment against the NBA stars who show up on NBA All-Star Weekend. You play harder in the summer league when you train it. And we know... It's a flagrant lack of effort, and it's embarrassing. And we know if money was on the line, you'd be given more effort, even though you're already getting paid hand over foot. In the end, if you want to show such a flagrant disregard for the fans, for the audience, knowing that the product that you're putting out there is trash from the All-Stars, I'm talking about superstars on the court together. All right, going up against one another, and you don't care to compete? Why should we watch? That was his thoughts. What were <laughs> your guys' thoughts? <laughs> I, I, I saw, I think Scott Van Pelt tweeted out something similar. Not, not, not to that, but the last thing of, if you don't care, we don't care. And I'm assuming he was talking about the All-Star game. Um, I mean, I don't feel as strongly about the All-Star game as Stephen A. Smith does, but if they're not going to try at all, less people are going to watch. I mean, we... You put the game on, it's it's prime time on the weekend. Like, people have other stuff to do. They're not going to sit there and watch unless they have to if you're not even going to try. Well, you know what my answer is to this question right now. Just like the NFL, it's time for a banquet. <laughs> it's time for an awards banquet. It's time to go ahead and do that for the All-Star break at this point in time because that was a joke. I, I would say we've splintered now to the point where as far as watching All-Star Weekend, I will watch baseball. It's not on the weekend, I guess, but I'll watch baseball and I'll watch hockey. Basketball and football, I don't need to watch them right now until they figure out what they're doing. Well, you can't with football. Well, but I don't need to watch the Flag kicking. Football. Like, but even the, any of the skill stuff. I don't. The skill stuff, honestly, right now, why would you do that? What if wedge busting why? was a skill? Like, what oh if it was just goodness. run through this brick wall? I would have been no way in the world am I running down. No, do you imagine this is what it would be? The skills competition for wedge busting yeah. would be like, can you run through this piece of, pa- like, piece of paper? And then the <laughs> next time would be like, can you run through this cardboard? Then the next time, can you run through this drywall? Then the next, can you run through this brick wall? I would watch this. I or don't know. it'll be like the hardest shot with hockey. Yeah. The hardest hit. Or and they how measure about it. This yeah. right here. Can you run into the darkness? That Will would be you it. run into the darkness? That's the, so the next step Literally. after brick wall is brick wall, but with no lights. Correct. You just run and eventually you're going to hit it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's willing to do it? You know what? Sign me up. Yeah, Wolf's in for that today. Wolf's like, it'll feel good. <laughs> At spring training a year ago, Arizona Diamondbacks managing partner Ken Kendrick and president and CEO Derek Hall anticipated having a stadium announcement to make in the coming months. The process has been slower and more difficult than leadership expected. So as spring training 2024 gets going, no deal has been agreed upon despite the Diamondbacks lease at Maricopa County-owned Chase Field expiring in 2027. 
So what's going on? Here's DBAC's president and CEO, Derek Hall, when he joined you guys earlier today. You know, yesterday I could see why it would become a, a headline, obviously, and it did. But uh, if, if you look at the comments that Ken made, and I'm standing right there next to him. Um, I, what he did was he obviously went to there are cities that have an interest in teams because those rumors are out there. Not about us, but just about teams or cities that are trying to lure teams or want to be an expansion city and they're ready to go and they're getting legislative support and all that. He went there so he could say, we're not talking to them. We're not engaged with them. We want to be here. So, you know, we have no plans of going anywhere. And, and we've had this discussion in the past, the three of us. How does that make you feel? Do you feel a little bit better after talking to Derek? I think it was important. Well, it was good to hear him just flat out say we're not going anywhere. And we were talking before the show, like, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's known. But it became a story yesterday. And I don't know that Ken Kendrick wanted it to become a story. I think, I mean, we just heard Derek Hall clear it up. But when, when the owner doesn't flat out say we're not going anywhere, yeah. people will turn that into something. And then you know how news is now in, in 2024. <laughs> Somebody will run with the quote. The next person will kind of change the quote. Then the third person will kind of just take a paraphrase of the quote. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, wait, are the Diamondbacks talking about yeah. moving right before spring training? <laughs> but it is professional sports. And never forget, professional sports is all about business. It is. It yeah. is business, man. And the Diamondbacks are a business, period. So, once again, um, I say let's get this done. Let's focus on the Diamondbacks. Let's get it done. I'd love for them to stay right where they are. I don't want to see them go to Scottsdale. I don't want to see them go to Tempe, Mesa, wherever, it, out of state. I don't want to see that. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to see any of that. Yeah. I want to see it stay right where it is. Let's get these renovations done. I thought he really hit home, too, when we were talking to Derek Hall later in the interview when he was like, I think part of the reason there's a holdup is people see the lease goes through 2027 and like, oh, we'll get to that in 2026. Yep. Like, it's not really how it works. Our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks who will lead the Diamondbacks in home runs in 2024. Your choices are Christian Walker, Cattell Marte, Corbin Carroll, Gino Suarez, or other, and in parentheses, Guriel, Peterson, etc. Well, I mean, we got to say, I'm going to say Christian Walker because we have him on the show in like an hour. See, walk. And also, I feel like he always woke. leads the Diamondbacks. What? Isn't it woke? Yeah. Woke Walker? Woke Walker. That was, man, that was years ago. You've man. already forget your nickname for yeah, Christian I, Walker? I, I went see walk right there and then woke. Yeah, you're right. I did say that. I'm going back to woke. I think. Is that your is that your pick? I don't, uh, these other guys, it may be Suarez. Suarez is I'm kind of go, a power yeah, guy, I'm but go I'm, I'm going to go with Walker. Do you remember why I called him that, too? Yeah, wasn't it like, woke ain't Goldie? Isn't it, wasn't that part of the um, rap that you said? Yeah, there was. It was like, he man, the light bulb went on in the shed for C-Walk, also known as Woke. But forgotten that that was his Wolf name until Walker. 30 seconds ago. Yeah. I think I would have remembered at some point in time. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> at what point in time? Well, don't worry about it, Mel. <laughs> All right. Nobody so, cares. Well, I, I kind of care. 48% said Woke Walker. 22% Corbin Carroll. 15% Gino Suarez. 9% Cattell Marte. And then 6% Other. Look, nicknames come to me, okay? They just come. I know just constantly. I guess, I mean, Corbin Carroll's in the mix for that, right? I, I it, it feels like it should be Christian Walker. I'm just trying to pull up the numbers from last year while I stall and you look no, at No, it's definitely woke. 
sorry, but last last year he had 33. Cattell and, and Corbin Carroll each had 25. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. had 24. I would say if it's not Walker, it's Eugenio Suarez. Ooh. That would be my second. Eugenio. Pick. I don't know if he'll get enough at bats. Uh, all right, that was uh, Wolfing Down Your Lunch, and it was amazing. Thank you, Aaron. The second half of the Sun season is approaching. How much better can this team get over the next two months? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, it's Vince Murata. Newsmakers Week 2024 continues on Tuesday. We'll cover a lot of ground. U of A football, ASU football, Phoenix Mercury, Phoenix Open, Phoenix Rising FC, and Cactus League. I told you we're covering a lot starting at 6 here on Arizona Sports. All right. Welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke. What's going on over there, Wolf? Man, this is a reminder of the dark days, based on our names <laughs> right now. Broadcasting with sunglasses on. Interesting. You got like the full blown like Top Gun aviator glasses. I, I should have had those the other day when I had the the fly suit on. Yeah. What would you call yours? The the sunglasses you have on right now. I don't know. These are just just kind of just what? like current ish um, sunglasses. I don't know. Wasn't like, there a there was a come on? There was a movie. Tom Cruise made it famous. Why am I spacing this Top right Gun? now? David Charles Burns. No. Uh, oh, Jerry Maguire, oh. A Few Good Men, um, no, Mission Impossible. No, the, the where he came out, and he, remember he was playing the air guitar with his- Risky uh, business? Yes, risky business. Thank you. You've got the risky risky business glasses. All right, so this is going to be the theme now. We each have to wear sunglasses that relate to a Tom Cruise movie. Is that where I, we're going with no, this? No, I don't think so, but- I do. I, I got to say, I don't hate wearing these during the show. Except I cannot see in command and control at all. Right. I can okay. just kind of hear Aaron, and I know she's yep. over there somewhere. Okay, good. That's not going to be good for the driver, though, of course. Well, we'll see where it all that goes. That yourself. Are we going to explain Because I'm not driving. No. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> Especially not with those on, because I can't see where you're A man's got looking. to know his limitations, basically. Is this going to throw us off? Because you always talk about, like, when you're covering a kick. You could use your eyes to kind of like. Oh my goodness! Now no, that's that was out fantastic, the man. The most powerful thing at your disposal when you cover a kickoff in the National Football League, your eyes. Well, the reason we're doing this is because we had to turn on brighter lights in the studio during the break, and the options that were given to us were get over it, or you're going to have to wear makeup. Yes, so we were just wearing sunglasses instead. Now, Luke, this honestly, is us getting over just basic audience, never forget this. On a football field, I will kill you with my eyes. All right. Never forget that. All right. I'm going to write okay. this down. Me, okay. Uh, yeah. Write that Except down. I can't. Right there because it's sunglasses. the truth. <laughs> I, I, could, I could help a guy today, right now, use his eyes to kill people on the football field. Metaphorically speaking, of course. You could be like, have like the get back guy. You could be like the eye guy. You can just tell The eye guy. The exactly eye guy. right. Oh, you want to kill this guy? Here's how you do it. Here's your eyes. <laughs> All right. Um, to uh, basketball and the Phoenix Suns, 27 games left in the regular season for the Suns, Wolf. And they've gone on a pretty good run over the last, uh, what is it? It's about 27 games, actually, uh, since the game against Luka and the Mavericks on Christmas. And now, ironically, they're going to play Luka and, and the Mavericks to come out of the All-Star break um, on Thursday. This is uh, This is it now. These games... There's a lot more riding on these games. It's not even just the wins and losses necessarily, but this is when the teams that win the title, and that's still the goal here, right? None mm-hmm. of us have changed that goal. When the teams that win the title really start to ramp up, 
with the exception of Golden State a couple years ago when, remember, just nobody wanted to win the championship, so yeah. Golden State was just like, fine, we'll just win again. But typically, typically you're playing good basketball from the middle of February on. Maybe you get out of the gate a little slow and you you, know, you lose three out of five, but you're, this is your chance to get rolling before the playoffs. So anything you're going to figure out is the Phoenix Suns, you've got a little bit less than two months to do it now. You know, I, I really like when the All-Star break came for the Phoenix Suns, and the reason why, Luke, is because you think about it, right? The the 26 games that they have played, you say from Christmas, yep. right? Since Christmas, 19 and 7 base in Orleans. 26 games they've played. 19 and 7. Now, the big three didn't play in all of those games. Did not play in all 27 of those games. Correct, Luke? Yes, but they they actually did play in in a lot of them. A lot of them, exactly right, but not all 27 games. But to me, that is the sample size that is left. 27 games is left for the Phoenix Suns before the postseason is going to start right now. I I'm reading into it. I know that I am right now. But to, to me, I want to see not the big three gel because I think that's kind of happened. I do. I think that has happened over this 19-7 run in the last 26 games. I think we've seen them gel a little bit as a team because the big three know how to play with each other at this point. Now I want to see the team over the remainder of of the season. The 27 games left. I want to see the team gel. Not just the big three, but the team and the rotations. It's going to be interesting if it works out like this, where it was a 26-game stretch from Christmas to the All-Star break where they really started to figure it out. And now a 27-game stretch from the All-Star break to the end of the regular season where they still have things they need to improve if they're really going to win a title. But now you got a chance. Ramp it up. It sounds like Bradley Beal has a pretty good shot of coming back and playing uh, on Thursday. It sounds like that's at least a possibility. Um, you know, with the injury right before the break and then uh, all the, the nose stuff he had to deal with, too. He's had kind of a rough run, but it, it sounds like there's a pretty good chance he's back by Thursday. Or if not, then, you know, within a game or two. And then, you know, you figure... If you go as far as you want to go in the playoffs, that's probably about another 22, 23, somewhere in that range, 25 games. So, I mean, it kind of makes the first whatever 20, 30 games of the season (laughs) seem somewhat useless, and they kind of were. But now it's like you've got this chunk, and then you've got another chunk, hopefully, in the playoffs that is more than, you know, six or seven games. Yeah, and what do you want to see? What are you looking for specifically? over the last 27 games going into the postseason? Because the last thing you want to be doing is searching for anything as you're going into the postseason. Yeah. You brought it up earlier. It's how the guys on this team that aren't Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, or Bradley Beal fit around those guys. And and to me, it's totally acceptable that we are 55 games in and we don't totally know that yet, especially because you just brought in Royce O'Neal and you shipped four guys out. Totally. Totally. And maybe it's the glasses, but 27 games to go. This is your chance. Like as long as the big three is healthy going into the playoffs, that's step one. You, that yeah. has to happen. Otherwise you're not winning a title. You, you can only control that so much, but step two that wasn't there last year for the Suns was it's the peripheral players knowing how they fit in last year. It was around Booker and Durant. Now it's around Booker, Durant and Beal. You've got enough time to, to make that work, but that's why I'm saying every game now going forward truly is meaningful even beyond just the wins and losses, because you don't have an infinite amount of time now. Yeah. You've got a little bit less than two months. 
You know, trial by fire is something that um, has been a term for a long, long time. It's something we used to talk about in the locker room. This is a trial by fire right now, going out, not really knowing what it was that you were going to be um, early in training camp, but trying to come together as a team. And if you were playing some of the better teams in the league early, if you were playing them early in the season, boy, a lot of times that would be a trial by fire as you're trying to find yourself. In preseason, you kind of got an idea, but you really don't know. You don't know until you actually start playing football games what kind of team you're going to be. And if you'd have a tough September where you were going to play three teams maybe that were really hard, three teams that were good teams, physical teams, it was a trial by fire for the most part. The trial by fire is coming for the Phoenix Suns, isn't it, Luke? Mm -hmm. In March. And this is going to be really interesting, specifically to watch how it affects the big three and how it impacts the rotations of Frank Vogel going forward. This is going to be a test. They're going to play some of the toughest teams. They have the toughest schedule, do they not, Yeah, their their schedule is absurd, but that might not be a bad thing. That might be just trial. by fire yeah. is coming for the Phoenix Suns and how they actually play. Not only the big three, but those around the big three. Here's Devin Booker, Sunday night, goals for the second half. Uh, just keep getting better, keep trusting each other and building the chemistry. Um, it's our first real year together. We just made some trades at the deadline, so getting the new guys acquainted and so far so good. So, you know, I'm happy with where we're at. I just I think back to when we had Richard Jefferson on the show. It's right near the beginning of the season. And I remember him saying, look, this is a, a team that can do it, but typically teams that are constructed this way, yeah. it takes a year. They do it the That's next right. year. Yep. And you might be driving around thinking, okay, well, they got KD last year, so this is the year. That's not what he was saying. I mean, because basically the whole team, 90% of the team is different this year from last year. Now, the problem is a lot of these guys aren't going to be back next year. Either. Yeah. I mean, you figure Grayson Allen is now, and it, so it gets a little more consistent, but – the way he was saying it was more like, hey, they they might be a little more dangerous dangerous in 2024, 20, 2025. Um, none of us want to wait. And I'm sure Kevin Durant and Devin Booker don't want to wait either. Like, if if your big three is healthy, let's go. Let's build that chemistry like Booker was saying right there. And what's cool about it as well, with a trial by fire coming up for the Phoenix Suns base and audience, it, it, is, it, it tests your team, your metal. And it's, it's, it's meant to invoke this image of melting and then being malleable where you can pour it back in to something that's going to turn into a solid. We'll see with this team. Will they turn into a solid once the postseason begins? That was like a science experiment. It's right there. trial by fire. Uh, have you subscribed to the Wolf and Luke Show podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. You will never miss any of the show. It's the Wolf and Luke Show podcast brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. When we come back, how worried should you be about the state of the Arizona Diamondbacks with Chase Field? Derek Hall joined us earlier. We'll get you some of what he had to say to kind of set your mind at ease as we head into spring training. That's all next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's Gamble. Hope you had a great holiday weekend. We're back to react to the first full squad workouts for the Arizona Diamondbacks and tell you some guys we're keeping an eye on in camp, starting at 2 on Arizona Sports. Baby. 
Wasn't uh, Devin Booker on stage with Drake? We need to get Wolf on stage with Drake. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Next time Drake's in Phoenix. Baby. Uh, this, was, um, this was Ken Kendrick yesterday, okay? I'm going to play this as context. We had Derek Hall on earlier in the show to kind of clarify some stuff um, in case you missed it. And just kind of talking about the team and then the stadium situation came up yesterday and Derek Hall and Ken Kendrick were there and they talked about it. And uh, I'm just going to play the, the Kendrick cut for you just to kind of set it up in case anybody missed it. Are the conversations still being had about moving elsewhere in America? Well, we, we, we aren't having those conversations. There, there are opportunities available. You know, there are other cities that would covet having Major League Baseball. I mean, it's not like I'm... You know, speaking out of school to say that, and those names, are, they're prominent cities uh, that would love to have a major league team. We're not in dialogue with those communities, but, you know, we, we are aware of what is going on. There, there is likely to be in time an expansion of our sport to a couple of additional cities. Cities are letting uh, MLB know their interest. Their interest in getting a team is specific. Uh, they would be happy with a brand new franchise, but they would certainly be very happy, you know, with, frankly, a successful existing franchise. It's not where we are spending time or energy. Uh, uh, we may run out of time in Phoenix. We hope that won't happen. You know, we're hard at it. We're continuing to have meetings. We've ramped up the uh, dialogue in every way that we know how, uh, and we'll continue to do that. So, you know, that to me right there, uh, Ken Kendrick is stating the facts. That's what he's stating. Those are the facts. The question is, of course, whenever you state the facts, people will want an interpretation yeah, as to why. It, it's it's funny because I've, I've read that quote about a dozen times now and then, you know, listened to it and just listened to it there, obviously, as well. And you're right. He doesn't say anything that isn't true in there. But when it's the owner specifically speaking, like if Tori Lovello said that, and be like, okay, well, cool, Tori, like now who's going to get the fifth starter spot? But when the owner referenced, he didn't say relocation, but he re- <laughs> when an owner references other cities, and he kind of went back to it three times in there, I get what he's saying. Like, he's right. He's right. Everything I, I, I you agree said with was him. true. But at the same time, I, I can understand – and fan base gets a little like, hey, what are we doing here when when an owner is not just flat out saying, no, there's no way we would relocate. That's probably not the best negotiating or the best tactic in the position he's in right now to just say, well, no matter what, we'll never leave. But as a fan, that's what you want to hear, especially when you live in a city where your hockey team is is every two years, somebody writes a blog and they're like, oh, now they're moving here and, and you can just make stuff up now. So an Arizona fan that's a fan of all the four major sports in town yeah. is going to be sensitive to this stuff. Never forget, though, Basinonians, once again, professional sports are business. Professional sports are business. The Diamondbacks, they are a business. And, you know, this, it's, it's interesting. This story, the fact we're talking about this reminds me of the mercenary nature of professional sports on every level. <laughs> and it's on every level. The mercenary nature of this sport and sports, professional sports, period. Um, you're going to get it at the ownership level. You're going to get it at the administration level. You're going to get it in the front office, the scouting department, coaching, players. Everybody has a choice. Everybody has options. This is what it's all about. This is America. America, isn't it? 
This is what it is, but it's a mercenary nature and it's a mercenary league. Now let's get to the the actual like story here. Uh, what it what Kendrick called it, Chase Field reimagined. They got to get going with this. The lease runs out in 2027. We had Derek Hall on earlier. I don't I don't think anybody disagrees with the fact that they got to renovate this the stadium. They they got to figure out a way to do it. They got to work with the city and the county and all that. And they, they, it's it's got to get done. I mean, 25 years. It's weird because the Diamondbacks. In, in baseball terms, are still new, right? You've only you've only been in the league for 25 years. Yeah. I mean, some of these teams have been here for over 100. But their stadium is, like, I like Chase Field, but just functionally, they got to update some stuff. Obviously, if they're willing to pour, if the team is willing to pour that much money into it as they are, then obviously it needs to be done. They're not just doing that for fun. Here's uh, Derek Hall when he joined us earlier to clear some things up. You know, yesterday I could see why it would become a, a headline, obviously, and it did, but... Uh, <laughs> If you look at the comments that Ken made, and I'm standing right there next to him, um, I, what he did was he obviously went to there are cities that have an interest in teams because those rumors are out there, not about us, but just about teams or cities that are trying to lure teams or want to be an expansion city and they're ready to go and they're getting legislative support and all that. He went there so he could say, we're not talking to them. We're not engaged with them. We want to be here. So, you know, we have no plans of going anywhere. And, and we've had this discussion in the past, the three of us. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't need to hear that. But if I'm a Diamondbacks fan, it's just nice to hear that. What? That there's no way we're going anywhere. Okay. What Derek Hall just said. Just, just, I appreciate him clarifying that because if you're a baseball fan right now, you really have no control over what is, gets worked out between the team in the city with the stadium. You just know spring training starts on Friday. You know, oh, man, it's so interesting because if you are a professional athlete and you're negotiating a contract with a team, right, do you want to negotiate a contract with a team after you've been to the Pro Bowl, after you've been an all-star, or do you want to just negotiate with a team after you've had an off-season? What do you want to do? As a player, of course, we all know the answer. You want to negotiate with a team after you've been to the Pro Bowl, after you've been an all-star, whatever it may be right now. And I think the Diamondbacks are looking at this as a serious opportunity, and I say Basinonians rightfully so. They're looking at this as an opportunity to get something done. It's not like they're not going to put money into this. They are going to put money into this. As a matter of fact, when it's all said and done, I would venture to guess They'll put more money than what they're also going to get as a partnership. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. And, and I think D. Hall actually said that yeah. as well. Yet at the same time, look, they went to the World Series last year. Their lease is running out in 2027. Time is ticking right now. This is an opportunity right here. I think they're negotiating, of course, and using it rightfully so um, to well, try to get some improvements done at the stadium well and you know Derek Hall I can't replay the whole interview obviously right now you can listen to it on the uh, on, on ArizonaSports.com or if you're listening if you're subscribed to the podcast you can listen to it but I mean look he said like the city's been great he, he wasn't he wasn't he didn't badmouth anybody yep um I, I liken it to and I'm sure everybody works with somebody like this like That's you may work D. with Hall. somebody that you really like that you like the work they do and you work well with them. But if something needs to be done at four o'clock that day, they're going to do it at three 30. And if you want to get ahead at like, you know, nine in the morning, <laughs> you have to wait on them. That's kind of what it seems like. Yeah. The, the lease runs out in 2027. We can't work this out in 2027. Like we got to have time to actually start fixing things. So to me, Derek Hall and the diamondbacks are kind of trying to be the, like, let's get out ahead of this. 
And, you know, the city's got other stuff going on, too. I, I don't know that anybody's necessarily wrong in this instance. It kind of seems like everybody is on the same page in terms of what they want. But, you know, there they're kind of now needs to probably be a little bit of urgency on this. Uh, all right, we come back. Back to Hardwood Hardware. Who has been the Suns' best defender through the first half of the season? We're going to hand out two more awards next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The Wolf and Luke Show presents Suns Hardwood Hardware. Yes, welcome back to Hardwood Hardware, 2024 edition for the Phoenix Suns. Is that what we're calling it? I don't know. Hardwood Hardware? It's the first annual. Okay. Isn't it great to be in on like the ground floor of something? It's like we're like a startup company right now. Yeah, I kind of like it. The alliteration is really cool. It's like a full like syllable of alliteration, too. Anybody can just do HH, but to go Hardwood, hardwood Hardware. Hardware. Yeah. Uh, earlier, if you missed it, we gave out the Phoenix Suns Awards for biggest surprise at the All-Star break. Yeah. And most likely to brawl. Okay, who was the biggest surprise, just to recap? Grayson Allen one. won biggest surprise. And I said bowl, bowl. Yeah, you did, but yeah. gr- the Academy voted and took oh, Grayson Allen. I see, the, aca- the Academy voted. Most likely to brawl, Yusuf Nurkic won. He beat out uh, Drew Eubanks. There is an Academy. Erin Maloney is not the whole Academy. She hands out, I, I saw her oh, do it. She heads up the Academy. She hands out the questionnaires to our entire newsroom, and people She's are like. She's the director of the yes. Academy. Yes, so I would not anger the Academy, and I would not anger her. Two things you do pretty consistently. <laughs> uh, all right, Aaron. What do we got for our third award? Best Defender. And the nominees are... Kevin Durant. I'm not changing what Kevin Durant's doing. Kevin Durant right now is playing on an all-defensive team level. Royce O'Neal. Bringing that defensive tenacity. Um, you know, taking the challenge of guarding the best player, the best team's best players. So that's what I'm going to do. Josh Akogi. Down to three seconds. Curry beyond the arc straight away. He gets blocked by Akogi at the buzzer. And the winner is... Royce O'Neal. Oh, interesting! Wow, the Academy got that right. Interesting. Oh, is that who you? I I struggled with Royce O'Neal because he's only played three games. You're going to see this later in the show. Yeah, and again, I get it, and I understand why that is. But just watching him as a defender, and I'm not talking about the three games here, but knowing how he has played previously up until this point. For me, um, Royce O'Neal came in and, oh, by the way, uh, played the best defense I saw a Phoenix Sun playing, even Josh Okoge. I saw a guy play the best defense I've seen. And because of that, Royce O'Neal... Well, the academy, the academy agreed with you, and that uh, and that sets the stage for an interesting conversation later in the show. I think. Who with did one you vote for? I went with KD because he's typically covering the other team's best player in addition to doing everything he's doing. Uh, but I, I thought long and hard about Royce O'Neal. I just didn't clarify or ask for clarification on on if we could pick him or not. But um, those were the two for me. I keep waiting for a Kogi to be a Kogi. I don't know that he's quite gotten to a rhythm yet this year, but. I think KD's defense is really good. He's not like all defensive team, but it's it's good. It just gets overshadowed by everything else. So to me, it would have been KD or Royce O'Neal. I don't think there's a wrong answer. Most memorable moment. And the nominees are... 22-point fourth quarter comeback against the Kings. KD on the drive. Stops left elbow. Jumper up. Nobody's fouled. De'Aaron Fox got a piece of Kevin Durant with 1.6 seconds on the clock. KD will go back to the line. First free throw up and good. KD 8 for 8. 
at the line tonight. 26 points. One more coming. Bends his knees, shoots, and hits. 119, 117, Suns on top. KD's dunk over Giannis. Gordon gives it to Durant in the lane. He's going to jam it home with the right hand. A big time thunder dunk for Kevin Durant. Count it and the foul on the Bucks. The deuce and the damage for KD. KD's double clutch game winner <laughs> against the Bulls. I mean, everybody in the gym knew the ball was coming to me, and especially Caruso. He's such a smart defender. He jumped it. Him and DeRozan, I think, kind of shadowed it a little bit. Out, you know, out of bounds pass, and Nurk made himself available, and we work on that back door so many times in game and practice. So I seen Caruso flying too, so I had to double pump just a little bit. Um, but I'm glad it went in. And the winner is. I mean, we got to say that KD is going to be the winner in all of these, yeah, right? Somehow he's winning. <laughs> but the winner is the 22-point fourth-quarter comeback against Sacramento. Okay, can well I done. just say this right now, Bezanonians? I had no idea the most memorable was a team award. But for sure it was individual. Every award is an individual award. The MVP, the biggest surprise, most likely to brawl, best defender, glue guy it's all individual this is the best part about our award shows is there are no rules and you and i just take turns on each award being like well i didn't know we could do that i mean you sound like me on the last I award mean, are you kidding me now now i don't know who you and, the 22 and, point comeback yeah that, it, was that was memorable that was a team well this is what Remember. i would say and that was my pick i don't know who you would actually hand the award to like a moment in time <laughs> I didn't really think this through, but it, it was my pick. I didn't pick who won. The Academy picked who won. That was just my nominee. Um, Katie's dunk over Giannis, pretty filthy. Katie's shot around Alex Caruso, maybe even more filthy than the dunk over Giannis. Like, there's... Talking about the double pump. Yeah, where he kind of, yeah. like, slid to his yeah, left. No, I know, man. In the air. Incredible. <laughs> the stuff he's doing, no doubt about it. But still... Uh, a team effort, yeah, there's no doubt. The most memorable moment for the Phoenix Suns in the first half of the season, that 22-point comeback against Sacramento. There's no denying that. Um, interesting to note, Devin Booker's 62-point performance did not get nominated. <laughs> I think we're just used to it with I Buck think at so. this point in time. Yeah, He's, he's I need- up for 70, right? <laughs> Could most memorable moment be Wolf stealing Katie's phone? Well, that, oh, yeah, no. yeah, that's implied. Oh, there needs to be a special award for that at the yeah, end of this That's just the most embarrassing moment. <laughs> right, this... brothers? I mean, can you imagine? You sit down and you, you pick somebody's phone up. I just, how weird that is. With cameras rolling. Somebody. Like, not just somebody. <laughs> yeah. Not just somebody. I, I know, but. Think... First time ever meeting Kevin Durant, and you're okay. like, oh, look. Well, I know. But... What better way to meet somebody than by going through their phone in front I of them? I guess what I was trying to do was establish a baseline <laughs> for the shock and awe that would come. Brothers, can you imagine? You, you pick up somebody else's phone, I, wherever you might be. Oh, my goodness, you can put that thing down once you realize that's on my phone. Um, let alone it's Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> and there's cameras rolling. You pick up KD's phone. And you, whoa. I thought you were going to play it off by putting your number in it and being like, hey, anytime you want to come on the show, you just text me. Uh, that's what I thought you were going to do. <laughs> I've been whacked him on the back after just letting him know. Nothing nothing to see here, KD. I, I have always wondered this, and we'll never know the answer. But do you remember when, when Booker sat down about 15 minutes later? Do you remember this moment? And he sat down, 
and you introduced yourself, and he said, I know about you. Yeah. Any I, chance I would... that was because KD walked by and said, watch your phone around that guy. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it was. It's got to be that. This dude just picked up my phone. Picked it up and then threw it down like it was a hot potato. I don't know if that's what book meant, but I hope it's yeah, what no, book I, meant. I think that's what book meant. Uh, when we do the um, when we do these awards for baseball at some point around the All Star break, yeah, I'm just gonna tell you right now that all of my nominees are gonna be completely off the wall for that. So just be ready for that, okay? Okay. That's like that is gonna that would be my nominee at that point. It would be like most memorable moment: Wolf stealing Katie's phone. Now, I don't know what the moments are gonna be yet. I'm sure something's gonna okay. happen at the spring training game we're at next week. But those are gonna be my nominees. Okay. By the way, what do we have left? What two oh, awards what do we have, do we left? have left? Arguably the two biggest. Okay? Really? Okay. We have MVP. Oh. And we have, amidst great controversy when we did this for the Cardinals, glue guy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this right. Shall we, base on our names? <laughs> Even as you say that, I have... No idea. Luke, who let's you're get it right. It should be for Glue Guy. I don't know who you nominated. I just hope they don't win. Just for the sheer entertainment value of it all. Uh, MVP. That's gonna be good too. So, best defender goes to Royce O'Neal. <laughs> glue Guy. I, I hope somebody wrote in Buda Baker for best sons Glue Guy. LeBron, you Glue Guy. <laughs> Memorable moment. It was you the, know offended he would be if you <laughs> called him a glue guy he would immediately pick up his phone and and uh tweet out the hourglass emoji that's what lebron would do if you said that. and then you would you would just tweet out an emoji of glue if there is one uh all right so we're four of the awards of course there's one i'm sure there is when, uh, when we come back where would you like to see the cardinals turn to if they can't get marvin harrison jr or if they don't want him That'd be weird if they didn't want him. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. How about this right here, Kyler Murray? I happen to be the Arizona Cardinals radio mm. color analyst, I know right? About you, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right, 